What's up, people? Welcome to Uncommon Grounds, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This is a podcast about students from the School of Communications. I'm your host, Chris Rausch. I'm the dean of the school. In this episode, I interview Eric Kerr, who is currently a master's student in our sports journalism program. He also graduated from Quinnipiac with an undergraduate degree in journalism and has been heavily involved in student media here on campus. This show is produced by Evan Koch. Thanks for listening. Eric, welcome to the show. Chris, thank you so much, man. I'm honored to be here. So tell me a little bit about uh, you are the broadcast manager for the Quinnipiac Bobcats Sports Network. What does that entail and, and what do you have to do? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, basically, broadcast manager is as it sounds. It manages everything within you know game day coverage and game day assignments for all of our Quinnipiac home games. So what that means is we're in charge of organizing our, our broadcasters, that meaning uh, play-by-play announcers and color commentators for our Quinnipiac sporting events. But at the same time, we're also in charge of making sure to uh, sign writers to different games, multimedia producers who run our Twitter and send out live updates on Instagram and also on Twitter as well about how the, the game is going on, uh, providing people some key updates on it, and also prompting people to say, hey, this is what's going on in the game. Tune into our call to listen to our broadcasters talk about it as well. Uh, all, of our, all of our broadcasts are radio-based because obviously we can't interfere with uh, ESPN's video streaming. So we, we really try to train our broadcasters, you know, not only how to broadcast and commentate sports, but broadcasting uh, radio as well. So we teach them you know, the elements of broadcasting that are in TV, but at the same time, you know, emphasize radio with being descriptive on everything that's going on. So saying where the player is in the court, saying where, uh, you know, what the action is, saying the time of the game, because you can't really see that without maybe a graphic up. You know, you're listening to it all through radio. So you have to remind people of the score, remind people of the time, uh, all those things. So really in our training, we emphasize, you know, properly how to broadcast, but also we teach people how to use our broadcasting equipment. We have a JBL broadcasting box where, we teach people how to use that, uh, how to use a hardwire, how to connect to your laptop, how to set it all up, uh, headsets as- assigned to that as well. So yeah, there's a little bit, a lot, there's a lot of things that, that really go into being the broadcast manager outside of just organizing people and telling them where to do. It's also being a teacher and instructing people how to get, get up on the mic and really sell that moment when they're being a play-by-play or a color commentator. So in addition to all of that scheduling and all that work, you actually are doing some of the, the games as well, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been on a, a couple games already. Uh, I th- one of the privileges that we, we get running the, the game sheet is that you get to kind of have the free reign of putting uh, you know, yourself on you know, as many games as possible. Obviously, I try to expand opportunities and make sure younger members are also getting as enough opportunities as the older members are because at the end of the day, those guys are the future leaders of the station or QBSN, maybe the future broadcast managers one day. So it's important to get them involved. But obviously, I've been on a number of calls myself. I've done a couple ESPN calls with uh, field hockey uh, and a little bit of volleyball here and there too, mostly go Bobcats for them uh, because we had the opportunity with the uh, new access from Quinnipiac to the ESPN Plus streams for the fall sports. Uh, The athletics team has reached out to us and has had some of our broadcasters hop on those field hockey, volleyball, soccer games uh, to do ESPN calls. And it's been a great transition, a great success. We had a number of our top broadcasters get on those calls. It's just another way to get QBSN's name out there uh, in the ESPN Plus world for you know anyone to see it if they have that account. So it's been really cool, and I've been lucky to get on those calls and really perfect my broadcasting skills myself. What's your favorite sport to cover? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I love basketball. 
Uh, basketball has been one of my top sports since uh, day one. I played as early as uh, elementary school back in the day. So I definitely say I have a soft spot for basketball. I currently am the men's basketball beer reporter for 230 Television as well. So uh, I get involved with that uh, at the same time. Um, I also love covering volleyball. I was a uh, didn't really start playing volleyball in high school. It was sort of kind of a secondary passion for me uh, when I first started it because I didn't make my high school basketball team. So I wanted something to do uh, with my friends in the spring months, you know, when I didn't have basketball to play. So I was like, let's give volleyball a try. And thank God I did because I loved it. And it gave me a huge leg up on people coming into the school because it gave me an avenue to get involved in broadcasting in Q30 right away. I did a number of QBSN broadcasts for volleyball when I first started because I was confident in the sport. I knew it because I played it. I knew all the terms, the logistics, and everything to, to get involved with it right away. And uh, and so I did that. I was also a B reporter. I wanted to get more involved in the Q30 reporting side, so I did that my sophomore year. And again, volleyball was the great avenue to start that off my beginning of my sophomore semester. And uh, got involved with that right away. So I would say basketball and volleyball have definitely become my top two here for sure. So I'm going to – I may be about to embarrass you, but um, my understanding is is that uh, after you covered your last volleyball game earlier this year, they gave yeah. you a volleyball. They did, yeah. Um, were you surprised by that? Super surprised um, yeah. because not many teams – really go about and uh, do that for any reporter they I feel like most of the time uh, reporters are, are I mean you know, you know exception of people that have been around the team for a while they're, they're kind of just seen as a person that goes and asks the question and and get their assignment done whatever they need to do and then go home and live their life but the privilege with, with me and this team is that you know I actually got the chance to be the kind of the first reporter that worked with the head coach of the team Kyle Robinson when he first joined the team back in 2019, that was my first year as a B reporter. So from getting that first initial connection and sticking with the team and you know being open and trying to connect with them, uh, I was able to establish a really strong relationship with not only him but the players as well. And you know when you have that strong relationship, working with them for so many years, they get more comfortable with you. You know you show them your content, they appreciate your work because you're trying to cover them and obviously you know not a totally biased positive way, but you you try to do it fairly and. I think I've done a good job of doing it fairly uh, from the three years that I've that I've done it, and you know I think that's why they did it because they viewed me as someone who um, has been around the team for so many years, sees me as a reliable person, sees me as a good, caring person that covered them fairly, unbiasedly, and I feel like you only kind of get those sort of gifts and, and things as a reporter um, if you kind of build that connection. So I and I, I suggest that not only for myself or others too, like really. You know, treat the people that you work with as a reporter as, as a human, right? Like, don't treat them as just a regular athlete. Like, obviously, you can view them that way because they're really talented. But at the end of the day, these people are all human, right? So, so treat them that way. And the end of the day, good things will come to you. I don't know if it'll be a volleyball as a gift, but good things will come. I want to. I want to go back to something you said. You did. You got cut from your high school basketball team. Yes. <laughs> you, you have skills. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. On on the court, I'm 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 kind of shocked to hear that. Yeah. So when but I this played, must have been a kick-ass team. <laughs> I mean, for Rhode Island basketball, they were probably pretty top tier. I went to LaSalle Academy, which is a private school in Providence, and th- I didn't really go there for basketball. The main reason why I went there was because I wanted to go to find a new friendships, find a new connections, and I heard about LaSalle and its education program and all the things that I had to offer for extracurriculars. And I was like, you know, let's do it. 
And I wanted to try basketball, obviously, to, you know, stick with my sport because I've loved basketball my whole entire life. You know, it would be a good opportunity to play with a really top program with LaSalle. Maybe expand, you know, and maybe get to, I don't know, D3 somewhere or whatever it was. I was never good enough to play D1, but, um, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the freshman team, it was pretty competitive, a lot of athletic guys. And granted, I didn't play or practice as much as, as I do now, I'd say, honestly, when I was younger. So it just didn't end up working out. Um, but I, I'm glad I stuck with it rather than going back to play basketball at my uh, hometown school, my hometown public school in Seacott, because the things that they had to offer at my high school were kind of was a great setup for me to get to here at Quinnipiac and you know have the skill set to be able to uh, be good out the gate on air, uh, broadcasting, reporting, uh, producing whatever it is because we had our own high school news show. It was called WLSA. We produced like two news shows a week. I was the sports anchor for that show my uh, senior year, and then we also had a sports broadcasting club. Uh, so that was kind of what I do right now for QBSN broadcasting are all our high school home games i did a number of women's volleyball games uh, i did a lot of football games too when i was at high school so a couple basketball games here and there too so again those kind of things really gave me the platform uh gave me the framework of what it was like without like you know knowing all the skills 100 percent. but it gave me reps early on as high school where a lot of people may not have those kind of advantages uh you know going to school with that having those extracurriculars having those opportunities to be involved with it really set me up for a good platform that made the transition to trying Q30 and trying these things through student media a much easier fit for me. What, what attracted you to Quinnipiac, Eric? Why, why did you come here? Well, as I said, the, the programs uh, that I had to offer, you know, obviously the, the student media was great, but I think the main thing that sold me was the 3 plus 1 program. Um, I was through a really thinking about Syracuse for uh, a long time. I, Syracuse was like my top number one. Like I really wanted to get a new house. I heard all these cool things about what Syracuse had to offer. You know, covering games at the Carrier Dome sounded like a really cool thing. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it was just a lot of money. Uh, I think that my would have had to pay like seventy thousand dollars a semester just to go there. And my mom was talking about it, and she said, "Yeah, you'd have to do." You know, a lot of work to maybe help yourself out we could pay for you but you have to also uh you know pick up some work study jobs all that stuff and like i rather was like you know not i rather like go to school and focus on like doing things that i love to do i don't really want to be forced into doing a work study job when i could go to a program like quinnipiac with three plus one and not only get the opportunity to get my graduate degree in four years and you know not only be able to get involved in student media right away uh, but also get the opportunity to you know go for less money because I, I had a really good scholarship um, offer when I came in so I, I saw the opportunity like less money good opportunity I was like let's take it another thing too with Quinnipiac as well and that I've heard about Syracuse is that you can't really get involved in Syracuse right away uh, one of the things that they have with their student media program is people don't even touch a camera until their junior year uh, here at Quinnipiac you can get in the very first day first few weeks of campus and like learn about this stuff and you can touch a camera you can get on a broadcast if you put in that work within or be on a, a live show for q30 within the first few weeks within the first few days in september and october of your freshman year like that that is what really really sold me you know when i learned about that stuff but obviously three plus one program that was definitely a big sell good education to get yourself comfortable in that position as well take those classes get those uh two degrees in four years yeah all those things were just the main sell on on why i'm here today did, did you know in high school that, that you wanted to do sports journalism? Mm. How, 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think I really mainly started thinking about sports journalism probably like end of my junior year, senior year, because at that point I was just doing sports broadcasting for fun. You know, I was really getting into the volleyball thing. I started playing club volleyball. I was really like getting into the sports side and like, you know, I didn't really know where I wanted to go into college yet. I was kind of just like thinking about different schools, but I think my passion for sports is really what kind of got me into like sports journalism per se. I, d I didn't think it was sports journalism. It was more just like announcing broadcasting sports. I didn't really know what field that entailed at the time. So I was kind of just like, you know, where can I go for this? And then my parents and others suggested you should go for a communications degree somewhere. So I was like, okay. So like I thought about that and then I started looking at good communications programs. And I think that's kind of where I said it. Just my, my love and passion for sports is really what uh, got me to think about communications, got me to think about sports journalism down the line once I got into uh, Q30 here because when I talked to MJ Baird and uh, Kyle Vassar, MJ being the sports director at the time my freshman year and Kyle being the Q30 president, you know, they all were saying, yeah, like journalism's the place you want to be if you want to get on air in front of the camera or broadcasting, you know, behind the scenes doing radio. Um, so from that sake, I was like, yeah, like this is the sports journalism is the place that I should be. Um, you're so involved in so many different things on campus. We, we've talked about Q, Q30, we've talked about QBSN, but you also do a, a show on WQAQ with your roommate, Jack Main. You're also involved in a fraternity. H how do you find the time to do all of that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. As uh, well as play basketball. Yes. <laughs> All the important things. Intramural, intramural volleyball too. We have our big wow, really? Team. Yeah, we have we we won a we won our uh, semifinals and quarterfinals last night. Big games. Uh, beat the ten seed and the three seed. We're the two seed, uh, and we have a chance to take down the number five in the championship on next Tuesday. So that'll be fun. What happened to the number one? Did, did they, they get got eliminated by the number five? I think it was the, the five seed. The five seed eliminated them. Interesting. Shocking upset. Uh, the 13 seed actually beat the four seed. Kind of a crazy tournament. But either way, uh, I'm really confident we can come out in the dub with that. But <laughs> getting back to your, your question about time management, yeah, a definitely a big thing too. And I'd say it even started earlier on too because originally I joined SGA, uh, Quinnipiac Student Government Association, my freshman year. And, you know, I think the main thing with trying to find time for that is really just – scheduling yourself and planning everything out and like realizing like what should be handled at different times and also an important thing too is to realize when you should you know back off from things um i like i stepped away from from sga my junior year because i realized oh like there's i should be spending a little bit more time like doing things that i'm more passionate about like student media um so it's important to know you know not to over delve in things uh not to overcommit yourself to things in a way um, so I would say definitely time management. I, Outlook calendars are my best friend. Scheduling out events, scheduling out when I should be doing homework, when I should be, uh, you know, having those basketball runs at the rec center with you at, on Thursday nights. Um, definitely is, is, is a big uh, thing for me to make sure I stay on track as well. But honestly, like, you know, I think it's just important to realize that um, – Definitely just, like, get involved as much as you can and then realize, you know, hey, like, after the first few weeks, uh, you know, realize what you can commit yourself to, realize what's more important for you, and then sort of go from there. Because junior year, I was getting, like, really busy because sports were coming back up. We were still in the middle of COVID. Uh, I was the junior class president at the time. 
and you know I was trying to like still balance like that responsibility, but at the same time sports were coming back up, so I wanted to focus on reporting. And I was like, you know what? Like, I know I can step away from this. I did a lot of work for SGA in the past. Like, I have a good reason why. So, let's do it. And you know, from there, I, I guess just the simple thing is to get involved as much as you can early, and then take a step back. You know, maybe sooner than I did, and realize, okay, what can I focus on that helps my career, and what's a, a good point to get connections, build friendships, and, and all that stuff. Because every every connection you have always helps, for sure. What do you want to do post-graduation? Oof, that's, a, that's the age that's question. that's coming up. That is the age question that all my parents are asking me. What do you want to do? <laughs> you can be on local TV one day? That's what they all say. Yeah. Um, I could be on local TV. That's definitely a, a top point for, for us journalists. Um, obviously, most of the time for people that are coming right out it's always entry level so it's uh it's anywhere out in you know could be in north carolina south carolina out in oregon i got a job offer when i was a sophomore from some guy in north dakota uh the fargo market over there so that was interesting don't know if i would like that climate but uh it's definitely opportunities out there in local news for sure um i really want to try to get into to local sports i know it's a little bit more tougher but I feel like I've, I've built up a strong resume in, in sports coverage here at Quinnipiac, a strong reporter reel. Uh, broadcasting definitely be something that I would want to do too. Uh, I know those are also another limited field, uh, but I feel like, again, you know, from the experiences that I have, uh, from the, the work that I put out, I think I could get into a, a very good opportunity there. I don't know exactly where yet. I think I'm going to really start applying and, and getting to those things around when the, this, this podcast would be released in January, uh, but also February, really kind of the early winter months, winter break, and start to get my leg out my foot in the door once my final reel and broadcasting uh, reel and reporter reel is all polished up. Uh, that would be the time where I could send it out and see where I can get into the field so anywhere. So you're not you're not wedded to sports? No, I'm not. I'm not. And, and so I think, you mentioned what you did this past summer. Yes, that was a great segue to my next point. Uh, so actually, I took a little bit of a, uh, a curveball for a sports reference there. And I went to news over the summer. I took a part-time job as a morning AM producer at Channel 3 Eyewitness News in Rocky Hill, Connecticut. Um, got offered the job from Ben Bogardis. Uh, I took it, and you know I wanted to, to do it because it gave me an opportunity to get into the industry you know, for the summer, doing producing behind the scenes, learning what it's like from people that are actually on air, you know, the day-to-day the -day grind of being in the local news market. And it's a tough job. Like, you you have, like, very odd hours. Um, you know, the, the schedule is pretty, pretty, pretty committed. I know for my producer side, I would get in at uh, 12 at night. Like, I would literally, like, get in there maybe earlier sometimes at 11.30 at night, 12 in the morning. And people from the night newscast at 11.30 were, were already on their way out as I was getting in. <laughs> I was always the first one there. Uh, you know, getting ready to produce my show. I We would have like a producer meeting after I'd set up all my stack up, do like a stack, like mock rundown what my stories would look like at like around 1 a.m. And after that, I would get the next like three hours to try to produce my show together, which is very interesting because, uh, uh, I don't know if you had a call there, Chris. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I deleted it. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, so it, it's much different than Q30 News, for example, because, you know, when when you're producing a show for Q30, the Q30 Newscast, 
you take a whole week to do it. You know, you, you have your rundown meeting on Sunday. You spend an hour doing your rundown meeting, and then, like, you have, like, a couple days to get your interviews, get the package together, uh, all that stuff. In local news, you get four hours to produce your thing or else you have nothing. Uh, granted, there's obviously a wider scope to cover in local news in comparison to Quinnipiac news, but it's still definitely a, a much more deadline-driven environment to, like, get everything done. Like, I remember, like, they didn't have me, like, going anywhere near producing the full show for, like, the first few weeks. And when I got my chance to produce my first full show on the 4th of July, no one else was really in the office because it was a holiday. It wasn't, it wasn't the best. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. But, but that's the best place to learn, obviously. Like, you know, get yourself out in the field and maybe something you're not comfortable with and learn those things. Because if you try something you're uncomfortable with, like for me with news, it makes the thing that you are comfortable with that much better in sports. And I learned so much from what the reporters did with their stand-ups, like moving camera angle shots and all that stuff, that I think I've really will really jazz up my new reel. Because I've already submitted a bunch of mock reporter reels for my sophomore and junior year, but or senior, in senior year with the 3 plus 1 thing. But I think that this reel coming out is going to be my best work because of what I learned over the summer, how to make a stand-up creative, how to really get your camera angle moving, your body moving during the reel that – makes you stand out as a reporter. And I'm really excited to, to put out this final project. And I think also doing that job over the summer led me to do more news here at Quinnipiac too. Like I won the uh, News General Member of the Month for Q30 because I wanted to get more involved with news. I had confidence from what I learned in the summer at the producing job that I could take and make you know, my packages and my work for Q30 News to give them something that's publishable and something that's pretty good. Uh, I've done a couple, couple of stories reporting on uh, – the Tom Elliott vandalism scene. Uh, I did a food truck story that I thought came out really, really good. Um, so I think definitely, you know, having that, those elements will make my news reel and news content, you know, strong as well. So I can have two separate reels to showcase, hey, not only can I do sports, but I'm multi-talented. I can do news. Because I think that's what people want to see in the industry. They want to see you be able to do a lot of things. And I know that from doing that job in the summer, I'm definitely confident I can do a lot of things. All right. Last question because we're out of time all-time favorite Boston Celtic? Oh, that's a good question. Well, my dad would say Larry Bird. Um, I don't know. I think I really like Paul Pierce. Uh, I, I, Paul Pierce, he's just a good clutch player. Gets it, gets his, uh, gets it done in the moment. That whole 2008 team is really fun to watch though. Like I love Paul Pierce. I love KG. KG just has that energy all the time. He's, yeah, he's just great, too. And Ray Allen, sharpshooter. Yeah, I, I, you know, you see me play on the court, Chris, and you're the same way. You're kind of like Ray Allen. You're, you're a sharpshooter from downtown. I love to shoot the three ball as well. So I admire players that are, that are good, good scorers, and I think Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, KG, they all have those talents to do it in, in some sort of way. My, my youngest son's favorite player was, was Ray Allen. He had several Ray Allen jerseys. Yeah. So. yeah. James Steph Curry Tover took him in the three-point yeah. uh, career record. But Steph Curry's great. So. Yeah. All right, Eric, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was my interview with Eric Kerr, who is a master's student in our sports journalism program here at Quinnipiac University. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by me, Chris Rausch. I'm the dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac University. The show is produced by Evan Koch, who also does the music. To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to our podcast on the platform or app of your choice. Definitely check us out on Twitter and Instagram at QU Podcasts. Do you have a story to share? 
something you want us to talk about? Find us on social media or shoot us an email. That address is qupodcasts at qu.edu. Until then, keep your distance, wash your hands, and thanks for listening.